Hi, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on August 24th. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about state Republicans' tax cut plans, the latest in the legal battle over abortion rights in Arkansas, and Leslie Rutledge's past work record. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Hey. So, uh, a tax task force controlled by Republicans, as all things in government are, and and the governor have endorsed a tax cut plan that would be a boon <laughs> to the wealthy. Well, surprise, surprise. They they hadn't done enough for the top income bracket. So, apparently, the favored plan is, is you know, it's not clear whether they do it all at once or phase it in over two years, but take a one percentage point off the top bracket, take it from 6.9% to 5.9% for income over $80,000. And one percentage point works out to about a 14% tax cut for the people who get it. And uh, I mean, it'd be an enormous windfall for millionaires. Uh, What the state does not do is break down. I mean, it'll cost $200 million overall. And about... Oh, one percent of the savings will go to poor people. About oh, a third to a half of the savings will go to middle income people. But they're the biggest number of taxpayers. They'd get on average seventy five dollars. Uh, but the wealthy would just score big time. I, by my rough calculation, and, and I don't have current data, I think something like three thousand people would get a quarter of the benefits. Maybe eighty five to hundred thousand dollars on average each from the tax cut. Of course Republicans think this is great and when you notice and in fact they actually raise the tax rate on the poorest people, but they say they'll offset it with an increase in the standard deduction. Some of these people don't file taxes in the first place, so it'll end up being a tax increase on them. And they say, well, we took care of them with the tax cut a while back. It's time we got to help out the people on the top end. The other thing is, is that there are other tax, quote, reform, unquote, proposals pending in other areas of the tax code that would add another $150 million in tax cuts. And again, mostly benefit corporate America. I mean, that's their corporate Arkansas. Uh, there's no talk about sustaining government services, which are already under underfinanced. Uh, it's a classic Republican trickle-down economics, and it's an article of faith for them, and they simply can't believe that uh, anybody would object to this. So Jared Henderson, the Democratic candidate for governor, says it's crazy to give a huge tax cut to the wealthy when we have need for services, and our education system clearly is under par. We can look to some other states to see how this might play out. Well, it was a disaster in Kansas, for one, and if we follow down that path, I think the results here will be the same. I I mean, I did one of my standard rants yesterday, but, you know, to the Charlie Collinses and the Asa Hutchinsons and the Jim Hendrons of the world who say, if we just cut our taxes enough, this, everybody's going to want to move here and and do great things. Well, do they really want to go to a state simply because of low taxes? In fact, the stu- the data shows that's not true. But they want to go to places that have good schools, which we don't have. They want to go to places that have great infrastructure, which we don't have. We can't even finance maintenance of our highways. They want to go to a place that has a realistic view of the criminal justice system and doesn't have overstuffed prisons where we over-incarcerate people. They might want to go to a place that doesn't discriminate against gay people. They might want to go to a place where women's medical rights aren't treated like dirt. Uh, I think those things are more important to really forward-thinking companies than a a tax rate is. But that's just me. I mean, I I think that uh, people are going to California despite the highest income tax rate in the country. And I want to add the people who will really make out like bandits from this tax cut 
and you can go down the list. The Waltons would be worth tens of millions of dollars to them. Dillard's, Stevens's, Murphy's, Hunt's. These are all people that don't really need the money. And I would add in this terrible high-tax state that is supposedly a disincentive to business creation, they seem to have done okay. Yeah. Yeah. Doubt they're going to be moving operations if this doesn't go through. All right, moving on, the 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals this week refused the state's request to activate a law aimed at putting medication abortion clinics out of business. I don't know if to to make good news out of this, well, it's good news in the short run in that Planned Parenthood can stay in business providing medication abortions, which is a very safe procedure that's done in the first very first weeks of pregnancy with pills. Uh, whether it means the Eighth Circuit might be looking more favorably at keeping the law in place when this law is ultimately fully tried in court. Uh, in other states and other circuits, this rule that says you've got to have a doctor with admitting privileges before you can dispense these pills has been held to be unconstitutional. It's meant to put these places out of business because through threats and extortion and and all kinds of bad practices. No doctor wants to be associated with Planned Parenthood. They're afraid somebody will kill them or, or something bad in any event. And so uh, just for some background on this, this is the case that originally uh, U.S. Uh, District Judge Christine Baker ruled unconstitutional. Then the Eighth Circuit kicked it back. Said, no, you didn't have enough evidence that this really caused a burden to women. We want some specific data on the number of women who would be burdened by this law. And she did some further information gathering and, and gave some numbers on. I mean, it's just terrible because you, you've got this two-day wait this two-visit thing on abortion to begin with, and if you got to go to Fayetteville, it's a two-day drive. It's just all these terrible obstacles. It's meant to put them out of business. I mean, there's just no doubt about that. And so she once again ruled that the state law was unconstitutional and shouldn't be put in effect. And the Eighth Circuit was asked again by Leslie Rutledge in, in her persistent war against women uh, to lift the injunction again. But this time they said no, and it was just a single one-sentence uh, denial. And so... I mean, I don't know that we can draw any legal conclusions from it or not, but at least they're still in business. Okay, moving on. You mentioned Attorney General Leslie Rutledge after a Democratic Party operative filed a Freedom of Information lawsuit uh, asking for Department of Human Services records from Rutledge's time there to be released, and, and Circuit Judge Tim Fox agreed Rutledge herself invited media to her office to release the personnel records. Well, she decided they were going to come out most likely, which they did the next day, and might as well get out in front of it and try and put the best spin possible she could on it. Her her, her story is going to be that she was a great employee of DHS, and they just either hated her politically or got mad because she quit without notice. And unfairly added some stuff to her file after she left. Uh, she probably should have been notified they added this note to their file, but I, I think it's it's pretty clear what we had here. We had somebody who was a mediocre at best lawyer, incompetent based on some of the records that came out. Uh, she mishandled two adoption cases. She didn't show up on time for court. She uh, bungled the handling of witnesses. She got, at best, a C grade in a department that's not known for its high-quality standards. A C at DHS is an F anywhere else. 
And then she left without notice, having a whole slate of cases of foster children she's supposed to handle. And she kind of said, sorry, I'm out of here. And they said, won't you please stay for a couple of weeks and clear up these cases? She said, no, nah, i got to go join the Huckabee campaign. And, and at the same time, out of her mouth comes a statement that I've had public service baked into me all my life. She's had Advance and Leslie Rutledge baked into her all her life and has never, never done well at any job she's ever held, including Attorney General, I might add. And so the record's pretty clear that she was a, you know, a D-grade employee who did, who did sloppy work, who had, had caused unhappiness among uh, her supervisors and who left without notice and left them holding the bag. And, and I, she's going to paint herself as a victim. And, and unfortunately, in Arkansas today, given our Republican proclivities, that's probably good enough. Well, perhaps even even more germane to the race at hand, uh, you know, as she's done throughout her time as attorney general this week, we had several reminders of all the <laughs> legal action she's taking against that would harm the state. It's just and, astonishing. Well, she's issued two or three news releases, I think, this week, how proud she is that the Trump administration has followed the lead she took in some lawsuit interventions and rolled back the clean power plan and is setting aside Obama administration rules on air pollution from coal-fired electric power plants. The Trump administration's own data shows that rolling back this rooms means more people will die from pollution in the air because of this rule. And Leslie's proud of it. She's proud that we're going to have more pollution that will kill more people in Arkansas. And Arkansas has one of the worst pollution problems because of our several big old coal-fired plants. So we'll have more deaths than other people, and plus we'll violate the Hayes Rule that'll make it harder to see places like the Buffalo River and the Caney Creek Wilderness area. And she's proud of this, and I, you know, I, and she's proud of rolling back water pollution rules, and she's proud of going after unions, and she's proud of discriminating against gay people, and she's proud of restricting women's medical rights, and she's proud of suppressing votes, and she thinks she has a record of achievement that's just second to none, and I would have to agree with her. I just have to take a slightly different viewpoint on whether that's bad or good. And you didn't mention that she's trying to roll back the Affordable Care Act. Well, right. She's in a lawsuit in Texas, which would be just catastrophic if they're successful. It, it's an effort to put a stake through the heart of the Affordable Care Act. It's kind of a weird legal theory that some people don't think holds much chance of success, but it's in a conservative Texas court, and it might. And if they if they strike down the entire Affordable Care Act, it will be the end of the Affordable Care Act's rule against blocking insurance coverage for people with pre-existing conditions. Another sick, In other words, sick people, thanks to Leslie Rutledge, will again have no insurance, and they will die, thanks to Leslie Rutledge. Okay, well, since we've made good time, let's, let's talk about national politics. It was... It was a big week uh, for uh, the Trump. Uh, yeah, critics. Paul Manafort, his campaign manager, was convicted of bank fraud. Uh, his uh, former lawyer, Michael Cohen's entered a plea bargain to tell all he knows. Uh, the Trump organization is under criminal investigation. Uh, the Trump organization's one of its top operating officers just today, it's learned, is, has been given an immunity agreement to testify about what he knows. The head of the National Enquirer Publishing Empire has been given immunity to talk about all the dirt he has on Donald Trump that they bought from people with hush money to catch and kill stories that they paid people who had dirt on Trump and then didn't publish the stories to protect him. Uh, 
gee, he's fighting with Jeff Sessions as attorney general. He says the whole Justice Department is worthless, and I everybody expects him to either fire Sessions or for Sessions to be forced out soon. Uh, will a will a Saturday night massacre finally be the end of Trump? I don't know. There's one theory I was talking to Ernie Dumas about last night that Republicans in Congress really want Trump to be gone because he's become such a liability, but they want to wait till after the election because they still want to keep his base voting, you know, because there's still that 40% that loves him. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it'll take to get rid of Trump, really. Well, you had an article in the Democrat Gazette today where Rick Crawford, Arkansas congressman, saying it's time to wrap this up. Yeah, it's just gone on too long, 15 months compared to six years for Kenneth Starr. <laughs> Tom Cotton said they're draining the swamp. Yes, prosecutors are draining some parts of the Trump swamp. But, I mean, when you go down the list, it's really staggering. I mean, whether it's Tom Price or Scott Pruitt or... They put a coal lobbyist in charge of EPA. It's just the list goes on and on and on. It's it's just it's stunning to me, and 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 the lack of awareness or or denial in which his backers seem to have about it is it's a sad comment on America, really. Yeah, I mean the the like fifth level scandals that would have been all over the news for a week just get overlooked no and his biggest supporters and his first supporters in congress have been indicted for various kinds of crimes duncan hunter incredible indictment of that of that goober for spending campaign money on personal stuff buying himself hawaiian shorts and saying he bought golf balls for wounded veterans i mean these people they're just shameless beyond shameless hunter now has said that his wife uh was in charge of the finances yeah good she did a great job yeah he put her on the payroll on taxpayers payroll it's uh it's just astonishing stuff i noticed this story today about Arkansas congressman that French Hill just is continuing to take a dive. He doesn't pop up for questions on anything anymore. Nothing to do with Trump, although he's voted for the Trump agenda every every time he's had a chance. So that's clearly a political strategy. Uh, Clark Tucker had John Lewis in town last week, drew a big crowd, lots of excitement. Do you have any sense of the race? Has it been I, you know, I just, I mean, it's still, it's an uphill climb because... Clark Tucker will carry Pulaski County handily, but the outlying counties, the indication still is that Donald Trump runs strong there and so that that'll translate into votes for whatever Republican there is. I, I hope that's wrong. I just don't I just don't know what the case is. And, and Clark Tucker, for his point, is avoiding Trump. I mean, I think there's a strategy by middle of the road seeming Democrats to, I mean, let to not run on Trump, to run on health care, to run on tax cuts for the rich, to run on some other things. And that they may be right. I don't know. The to the extent Trump is out there as an issue, it, it could be that most people have already made their minds up and you're not gonna pick up anybody by hammering on that. Well and you're not telling anybody anything new. It's unavoidable. Everything's out there. No, it's you can a, talk or, about it without talking, you know, using his name. When I I heard um uh, Tucker speak with uh, John Lewis on on Sunday last week, and neither of them mentioned Trump nor French Hill's name. Right. No, I, I think they're kind of taking the feel good, optimistic, change the system. And you know, I, I don't know. I mean, my my inclination is to go negative, but 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 and and and, and frankly, over the years. It's not 100% correct, but going negative works. 
as a rule. And I, I don't think we can necessarily say that because Clark Tucker's doing what he's doing that it won't mean dark money, independent money won't come in and do some negative on French Hill, sure. either for his own record or for his record in support of Trump. All right, well, let's wrap it up there and move on to endorsements. What do you got this week? Support newspapers. Subscribe to the Arkansas Times online for one thing, but but because we can always use it. And then, I mean, to the extent we employ anybody, uh, the money helps. But I was thinking if people are looking for things online to subscribe to, if I have not recommended the Washington Post before, I want to recommend a digital subscription to them now. It's really affordable. It's like a hundred bucks a year, or not, not even that much. Maybe I'm not sure. It, it's a few dollars a month. But here's the thing about the Washington Post, and I'm still a subscriber to the New York Times. We take the daily print edition, in fact. But and it's a great newspaper. But the Washington Post engages in a lot less thumb sucking and what if and made up analysis, and and has a whole lot more just old-school, straightforward reporting, and it is covering Washington like to do. It's just day after day on top of stories, breaking stuff, and, and in a way that is, I mean, I know Trump hates them and thinks that Jeff Bezos is biased against them and all that, but there's just a bunch of great, straight-ahead, well-sourced reporting, and I, I think your money is well spent to subscribe to the Washington Post. Okay. Uh, the woman who cuts my hair uh, is in a salon, and I think she mostly cuts women's hairs, but hair. But she's my old friend. I go to barber shops. Well, that, I'm, I'm getting there. She's my old friend, so I go to her um, just because she's my friend and she does a good job. But she's pregnant and taking some time off, so I was stuck trying to find where to go. And asked around, and our colleague Benji Hardy said that he rotates between Sullivan's and Jerry's and two institutions in the Heights. And it's been, as a kid, I always went to a barber shop uh, in Searcy um, where I grew up with this guy that everybody called Smokin' Joe. And he used a, a Floby, I think is what it was called. It's like a hair vacuum. I don't know the mechanics of how it worked, but it was I don't know that. a bit frightening. And he would cut your hair in about three minutes with it. And you got a haircut, but it didn't, <laughs> didn't look so nice. So I'd, I'd, it'd been a while since I'd gone to a barbershop. But I went to Sullivan's today. And no time at all. Great I, haircut. I used plays to to Bonanza. Jer- I used to go to Jerry's. I now go to Sullivan's because the timing works for me. When I go, it's a slack period, and he does it fast. Yeah. And it's it's pretty affordable too. No, it's just like thirteen bucks. It's cheap. Yeah. So there you go. There, uh, both those barbershops are perennial winners in our best of poll. So I'm sure it's not a secret to folks. But if you've uh, if you haven't gone to a barbershop in a while, they always got a wildlife show on the satellite TV in Sullivan's. Oh no, he's he's playing Bonanza today. Oh, is it Bonanza? Well, that's yeah. good. Bonanza's yeah. good. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for uh, listening. Subscribe via iTunes or your favorite podcast service. We're on Spotify, and check out our other podcasts. Uh, By the way, speaking of John Lewis, the Rock the Culture guy's got an interview with him, so check that out, latest Rock the Culture. We'll be back next week. See ya. See ya.